The Word of God is food for the spirit and health to the body. Through the spirit of revelation, we are guided into the wisdom and deep mysteries in His Word that make our lives vibrant and productive. Welcome to the Makarifu Gospel Church Podcast. As you listen in, the glory of God will be quickened and activated in your life. And now, the Word. So, what I like to do when I preach is I like to start out my sermons with a story. And I'm going to tell you a story that happened yesterday. So yesterday, Pastor Isaac and I, from uh, we were going downtown, and there was no parking. How many know there's no parking downtown, right? <laughs> and so finally we found a place to park, but it was really tight. And so Pastor was backing up, going forward, backing up, going forward, trying to get into the spot. And people were having to wait a few seconds. And they were starting to honk their horns. They were starting to yell. And finally, Pastor got parked. And a boater boater driver came by and started to say some choice words to him, which I'm sure he was saying, God bless you. But what it shows us today is that as humans, we don't like to wait. But what I want to tell you today is that waiting is something that we need to do. You want, to, you want me to prove that we don't like to wait? You want me to prove it? Okay. See, I was waiting 20 seconds and people were getting uncomfortable. You didn't like that we were waiting even for a moment. And, and as humans, our natural instinct is, no, we got to be going. We got to be doing. We got to be active. And yet there is times in our lives where we need to wait. Today, I'm going to read to you Acts 1, 1 through 5. And it says this, the first account I composed, Theopolis, about Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he is taken up to heaven after he had given orders by the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these, he presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of things regarding the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, often when we, we teach out of the book of Acts, we love to go to Acts 2, where there's the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but we don't necessarily talk about the waiting. 
And yet there is seasons in our lives where waiting is necessary. Now, Luke is writing this, this gospel, and it's a continuation of Luke. So we could call it Luke 2, and, and he's trying to make a point, and everything that he writes has significance and importance to our life and faith. But the book of Acts is how the church rose up and began to be activated in the Holy Spirit. It's how they went out and they penetrated every nation around the world. It's how they started to take the gospel in a glorious way and the church rose into its destiny. But it started with the season of waiting. So we see in this moment, Jesus is having this last moment before he ascends to heaven with his disciples. And it says he's teaching them about the kingdom. He's teaching them about his principles. But then he says, now I'm leaving. Go to Jerusalem and wait. Wait. So today we're going to learn a little bit about what it means to wait on God's timing. What do the following people have in common? A 15-year-old student that's waiting for vacations to come? Maybe a young man that's 30 years old and he's not married yet and he's waiting. Maybe it's a husband and wife and they've been married for many years and they've never had a child. And they're waiting. Maybe it's someone who has an illness and they've been waiting for God's provision, for God's healing. See, all of us will have and we will encounter times of seasons of waiting. And what Jesus said to them, he said, wait for what the Father has promised. Wait for what the Father has promised. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I am a doer. I, 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 if there's a problem, I don't want to leave that problem for even a few minutes. I want to get it fixed. I want to get it organized. I want to get it arranged. And yet waiting is a spiritual discipline that God asks of us. There is a time to do, but there is also a time to wait. I remember when I was a young boy, my dad would take me fishing. And some days the fish would bite right away and it was exciting and it was fun. And other days we would go and we would put our line in and we would wait. And we would wait. And as a little boy, I'd get fidgety and I didn't want to wait. So I'd stop fishing. And then all of a sudden my dad would get a fish and I'd run back and I'd, I'd say, okay, I'll fish again. And then I'd wait for a little bit. And then I'd get fidgety and I'd go off and play. And then my dad would catch another fish and I'd miss out. And, and he's like, John, just stay and wait. Sure. Ta -da. See, 
the disciples, the most remarkable thing isn't what they did, it's what they didn't do. See, Jesus knew that if they were just going to go and start preaching the gospel, they would have failed miserably. If they would have just gone out and gone to their different places and started trying to spread the gospel, it would have fizzled out, it would have been broken, and we would never have the gospel that exists today because he knew that they needed something else. He knew that they needed to consecrate themselves. Can you imagine the emotional roller coaster those disciples had gone through? Just think about it for a minute. They had been following Jesus for three years. They believed he was the Messiah. And then, all of a sudden, he's crucified. Like, this isn't just they lost someone. This was their hope, their dreams, the person that they put everything in. And now he's been put on a cross. He's dead, and they don't know what to do. I'm sure emotionally they were broken, they were disillusioned, they were depressed, they didn't even know where to go, and then he resurrected. So they're going from this deep, low valley to this exciting moment that Jesus is Lord, he resurrected, he's Savior, and they spend time with him and they're all excited. And then he's like, ah, 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 ah. I'm not sticking around. I'm going. In a few days, I'm going up to the Father, and I'm going to leave you. And again, they're like, no! And so, I believe that Jesus knew that they needed a season to process what was going on in their heart. They needed a season to hear what God's heart was for them, to prepare themselves for what was to come. They weren't ready for the Holy Spirit yet. They had to do some healing. You know, like, let's just take example of Peter. Peter had betrayed them and Jesus. Peter had rejected them. They had many times at his thing, he said, I don't know him. I don't know them. They're not with me. So I could imagine in these days that they were waiting, Peter had to come to them and say, guys, I repent that I hurt you, that I abandoned you. And there had to be a season of forgiveness and healing. And we see that there is because then Peter becomes a leader in the church. He becomes someone who's great. And so there had to be that processing time that took place. So what does this mean to us? Well, I'll give you some pointers. When you're in a season of waiting, obey the instructions that you already have. See, they knew that the only instructions they had to do was wait. And so it says, obey what you do, no. See, sometimes in seasons of waiting, we get so disillusioned that we walk away from our faith. We walk away from what God has. We, we, we start to get, well, 
I don't know if God's ever going to answer my prayer. So you know what? I'm just going to maybe stop going to church or I'm, I'm not going to fellowship with that person or I'm not going to live my life in Jesus. And, and what it's saying is, no, in the season of waiting, hold fast to what you know. Hold fast to the foundation and the truth that Jesus is with you, that he loves you, that he has a plan and a purpose, that he's your savior and wait. So when you don't know what to do, do what you do know what to do. Luke 25, 52 says, And they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with joy. See, it says that they came running back to Jerusalem, rejoicing. Jesus is sending something else. We know that we're going to go have a season of waiting and we come with joy knowing that we're going to wait and believe that God has good things for us. And they were obedient. And I believe because they were obedient, the church grew after that. See, this preceded the 5,000 coming to Jesus. This was before the 3,000 came to Jesus. This was before the multitudes. It all started with the season of waiting. See, when we're in a season of waiting, sometimes we see details differently. Sometimes it's a time where God reveals things to us, where he's revealing new thoughts, new ideas, new revelations in our heart, that when we're in the season of go, we don't have the ability to listen and see what God is saying. And so we need to be in those seasons of waiting where we wait and listen. See, waiting on God often involves a period of preparation and growth. And that means that like, we need to wait with expectation. We need to wait with expectation. In Acts 1.5, it says, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. See, Jesus had promised his disciples that they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit, that they would be empowered from on high, that they would be witnesses to the ends of the earth. And the promise fulfilled in the disciples, but they had this expectation that God was sending something better. So they obeyed with great joy. See, sometimes in seasons of waiting, we can get angry. Have you ever been in a season of waiting where you saw, you wondered, did God even love you? You wondered if he even existed. You wondered if, if he was even real. And sometimes waiting is, is that moment where we get clarity and we need to find that clarity and we hold on to the truth. But what I want to encourage you is if God said it, he will do it. If he spoke it, it will come to pass. And so what we need to do is we need to hold on with expectation to the truth that what he said is real. What he said will come to pass. 
and they waited expectantly for what would come. Do you know one of the things that I've been growing in lately? I'm now an overseer within my group of churches, and I, I oversee 120 different churches. And the other day I was meeting with my fellow overseers, and we were sitting in a room, and we encountered a problem. And right away, my, my job, my thought is, well, I'm going to think of the six ways we can fix this problem. And one of my fellow overseers that I work with, he said, you know what, guys? I think we just need to stop and wait and listen to what Jesus has to say. Now, I didn't like that very much. But he said, just wait. So we took five minutes, five minutes of silence. And we just said these three words, Jesus, what do you have for this situation? And we sat and we listened and we waited with a spirit of expectation that he would give us an answer. Do you want to know something? Afterwards, all three of us felt like Jesus told us something. None of them were the six solutions that I had written out right away. But we all knew that Jesus had spoken to us and we were to answer in a certain way. Do you want to know something? That as believers, we have the ability to hear Jesus. We have the ability to hear his voice. And sometimes we're too loud and we're crying out and we're praying and we're, and Jesus just like, Shh, I want to speak. So let's put it into practice for one minute here. I want you to close your eyes. Maybe there's something you're dealing with in your life. But I want you to ask this one question. Jesus, what do you say about this? Thank you, Jesus, for speaking. Did anyone feel like God gave them an impression of something? That he said something? I want to encourage you that in your life you make this a practice. That you take time to just listen. Keep a little book and write down what you feel God's saying. And as you do it, what you will do is you will start to hear the voice of God. I want you to know that Jesus wants to speak to each one of us individually. That he wants to minister to each of our needs right where we are at. It doesn't have to come through the pulpit or through preaching. I believe that Jesus speaks to each one of us. My last point is this. When we are in a season of waiting, we need to wait in community. See, Acts 1, 13 through 14 says this, when they had entered the city, they went up to the upstairs room where they were staying. That is Peter, John, 
James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Elphias, Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. And they were all continually devoting themselves with one mind to prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his disciples. See, when we are in seasons of waiting, our tendency is to isolate ourselves. Our tendency is to want to be alone because normally we're hurting, normally we're struggling through areas in our lives. And yet what, what he is saying here is, is that we need to lean into community. It's like we need to be extra committed to the community of Christ. So if you're in a season of waiting, what I want you to do is lean into it. Call up your brothers and sisters. Eat with them. Pray with them. Cry with them. Laugh with them. Spend time with them. Because let me tell you, when you do waiting seasons with others, they will hold you up. They will build you up. They will encourage you. They will bring you closer to Jesus. They will help you see things that you can't see because you're so blinded by the darkness of waiting. But when we get closer to one another and we link arms, we know that we come to listen to what Jesus has. We need to intensify our commitment to the community. It says they were devoted to prayer together. Devoted is a word where it was basically, it, devoted means to invest. Now, when we use investing, we normally see it as a way of getting more money, right? What we do is we say, okay, I'm going to give you 10,000 shillings and hopefully... I can come back and get 15,000 shillings. That's an investment. So the word devoting was, I am going to invest in prayer with the expectation of what would come from this. And so what he's, he's calling us to do is devote ourselves to a time of prayer and fasting and community where we know that God's promises will come. Now here's the beauty. As they waited, the Holy Spirit came. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and they started the ministry that God had destined them for. But it started with a season of waiting. Maybe you're here today and you're in a season of waiting and you're in a season of turmoil within your life. I want you to know that God is working in the midst of that season. And he is preparing you for what is to come. He's preparing you for the goodness of God and his Holy Spirit 
is coming to be poured out on your life in an abundance like you have not experienced it in the past. So take the moment right now and lean in to waiting so that you can receive what God has for the next season. Thank you for listening. We hope that you've been strengthened with His might and fortified by the Word of God. Please make sure to like, follow, and subscribe to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages at Full Gospel Map. Goodbye.